You're about to listen to the Wissam Sharif podcast. This effort is made possible by our monthly supporters on Patreon. Please visit patreon.com slash Wissam Sharif to become a monthly patron and help us to make more projects like this. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Wissam Sharif podcast. My name is always is Brother Jawad Khan here with Imam Wissam Sharif. Assalamu alaikum Wissam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing today, Jawad? I'm doing wonderful. Alhamdulillah. How are you? Tabarakallah. I'm fantastic. That peace sense uh, from a place of peace and love, I share my sense of salam upon all of our listeners. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Friends, may abundance pour upon you. May delight, happiness, joy, positivity vibrate all around you. And may you be one of the greatest sources of happiness for yourself. May you be a space of joy for yourself to all our listeners. What's on your mind today, Jawad? Coming in and around from Eid time, right? So we should be party time. Party time today. I think when you uh, texted today, I, I wasn't able to attend, but I texted, I'm like, we're doing podcast today, right? And you were like, I'm in the party. <laughs> I'm like, wait, <laughs> yes. what? I, so uh, today was, uh, you know, today was our, uh, in, in the time and now there was a, we call it our rocking revision Ramadan party, Ramadan party. So the memorized mentor students, uh, close knit group of people who is memorizing the Quran, the entire Quran together. We get together every three months and we do a revision party where we share thoughts and excitement. And this was the rocking revision Ramadan party where how does uh, Ramadan ibadah and my Quran revision, the work of memorization, where does the work meet worship? You should write that one down. I didn't say that. (laughs) Where work meets worship. um, And that immediately launched into uh discussions of partying uh, go, like mm. going to dubai and then going for umrah and then going on a cruise together and so when you texted me like podcast i was like podcast i was literally you were the boss and i was in the i was like partying in the background like yeah party. like i was <laughs> i was very excited with everyone who were like we were talking about we're gonna go to dubai and we're gonna do this and we're gonna buy the outfits that we're gonna the sisters are going to wear right after Umrah. And we were really in, and now this is a close group of people. So I'm letting you in on a party Uh, for anyone who's who's super judgmental out there. Well, that's why you weren't invited to the party. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're judging this right. It's a Zoom Zoom party also. Everybody's got their kids in the background and whatever. (laughs) That's fair. Okay. It's a Zoom party, but in our hearts, we, we dove into the idea of celebrating memorizing the Quran. And someone said, um, I, it was a sister, older mom, a grandma who said, I want to go skydiving. And someone said, after all this hard work, I want, uh, you know, I want a, a three-day spa treatment. Uh, someone said, I, I, I want to go race car driving. I want to rent a Ferrari. And so all of these ideas came. And then a sister, sister who lived in Dubai I was just about to take a name, Jawad, because you're part of our program. I was like, oh, it's her. She lived in Dubai and she's like, you know, all of this could happen super within your within your comfort zone, personal comfort zones. It could all happen in Dubai. And so that got me thinking of the 24-hour layover that you have when you fly 
Emirates Airlines, and I'm totally shouting you out, Emirates. We we want your sponsorship we, uh, because I've had <laughs> such an amazing, amazing experience with uh, Emirates. But they do this thing where the flight stops for 24 hours or so in Dubai, and then you can fly Dubai via, um, excuse me, Dubai to Medina Dulmunawara direct. It's this magical four-hour flight where now you've rested and kind of You've detoxed, and for from dunya perspective, you've retoxed. You retoxed <laughs> your uh, up up to your levels of oh my god, everything's a Ferrari and a Chanel, and a, it's very plastic for those of you who who are not ready. But it's like dipping your toe in and then saying, "Ugh, I'm done with this," and then you're in Medina to Munawara 24 hours later, and that's a, that's where my my state of mind was was. That that is party, and and for everyone who's like, oh, but I don't have money, you're putting your all of these limitations on yourself, and you're already ruining the party. Whereas your brain doesn't need you to buy a ticket, your brain just needs you to think it, right? Just just to entertain mm -hmm. the thought. So just as as amazing as that might sound, believing that you can memorize the Quran and just thinking it just takes a thought. So that that's what Absolutely. this this morning has been about. Alhamdulillah. Uh, and I think we'll, we're trying to parlay and see, uh, kind of zooming out from that, that idea of even planning to party or how exactly does Wassam party? Uh, what, what do we mean by this? Because obviously party has a context and, and uh, or excuse me, a, a connotation and whatnot. But it's like when what we're talking about in this podcast, a lot of it is draining yourself of past difficulties or the past or, or forgiving yourself and all these types of things. It, for what goal, for what means and purpose is really to be able to experience joy in this life, acknowledging that joy comes from uh, having that positive opinion of source, that positive opinion of your creator, and then finding that positive opinion just over and over and over again. Uh, you know, uh, you find it, you know, proved correct in your everyday life by the way that you approach life and the way that you go through, um, go through every day. Right. And finding source on every, on, at every turn and Jawad, this phrase, like, what does Wissam, what do you mean by party? It was asked to me because I would meet friends till college. And I'd be like, man, my friends and I, we went out partying. We left on Thursday and I came back on Sunday. And I want to be open. Most, most people assume that partying means drinking alcohol. Like that, hey, hey, do you party? Means, excuse me, I'm saying this as I as I, uh, um, I'm clearing my throat, partying and alcohol automatically go together. Take it a step further, though, because you, in a certain context, can't be having a good time unless you're out of your mind, unless you have let go or unless you're forgetting or have lost yourself. Like, really say the phrases back to yourself. No, that, that to me would be the exact opposite. When you're drunk, and someone described this perfectly, why would I want to do something where I wouldn't remember the best part? Like when you're completely loose and you're enjoying the quote unquote, enjoying yourself in that state of alcohol or whatever state you've created, the whole point is you won't remember it tomorrow. So I am asking our listeners, could we take that phrase back? Because Jawad, that would mean, in my case, is between like 17 years old and 25. This is a long period. 
That means on Thursday, we met at the masjid for basketball starting at Usr time. We played till Maghrib, prayed Maghrib, and after Maghrib, we played again till Isha. Then till Isha, we played basketball, hung out, prayed Isha. After Isha, we went out to eat, and then we would drive from the masjid now we played basketball all day. We would drive out to the city and have chicken guy, super unhealthy mayonnaise after <laughs> five hours of basketball. And Jawad, then we would go there and we'd have the excitement of being together with friends and being out in the city. And yes, on occasions, Jawad, then at two o'clock in the morning, not the best, but that's still partying to me. We drove then from Manhattan to all the way out to Jones Beach, like the complete opposite direction. And then we'd go to the beach and some people prayed their tahajjud and some people just hung out and enjoyed the night. That to me, and then should, we would, it would all end up back at the Westbury Masjid for Fajr. And that's one night of partying. Now, can you own that? Was I awake, lit, and on fire for that whole time from uh, from Usr till till Fajr, absolutely. And I remember every single second of most of the time I was doing most of the driving, and but and then you'd wake up, take some, a little bit of rest, but you'd have to wake up because it's Juma, and after Juma, I'm gonna start all over again. So is it basketball? Is it friends? Is it hanging out, talking about cars? Is it praying? Can I include? Uh, and and then my friends and I, we read, and it sounds hard on your ears as a listener, but if everyone in the group reads Quran, sure, in those five hours, one of your friends would be like, hey, I'll, I'm going to recite to you. And we did read Quran to each other, and it wasn't a, a super weird thing. It was something we did. And we'd sit out at the beach, we'd sit out in the city, we would recite, and it would be something that to me was being free. It was being able mm -hmm. to worship my Lord without being in a schedule, Juma ritual, but it's being able to be aware of God. And then, so yes, that was partying to me. And those same friends, Jawad, we grew up and we grew up and partied harder. So we would say things like, hey, bro, um, we're going to the friend's wedding in, uh, in London. And friends would show up there. And from there, we would make greater plans and ideas until, and that's where I'm leading to, my party is I will get together with someone, and, and I've done it with you, Jawad, please, you could speak to this. If I like you a lot, I'm going to say, I hope I make Umrah with you. I, I hope <laughs> I can meet you. I want to be eating chocolate croissants. It sounds like a pickup line, Nauzubillah, but if you would, it's like, I want to eat chocolate croissants with you in Mecca. It's like... I'm not sure how I feel about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that, but that would be my line because why can't I fantasize to be uh, enjoying myself? And, and again, the analogy, Jawad, offends people. But tell me why it's okay in my brain. Why do I see people go to Vegas to party, to, uh, to enjoy themselves, to eat great food, to, and to possibly change their life forever? I don't know. I, I go for Umrah and I want to go with people because I want to eat great food. I want to have a great, am amazing experiences and I want to possibly change my life forever. Mm. So, and yes, I, I save up all my spirituality and I spend it all in, in Makkah al-Mukarramah. To me, 
there's an there's an essence of can party represent like um, excitement, spiritual excitement. Can you make a connection of, but this is what I always wanted. This is my 21st birthday. Oh, I can't believe you're, you're 18. And the, the whole idea of coming of age, I, I, want, I wanted that always to be in my way. I wanted to grow up and, and be able to make ibadah all night long or go to the haram and make tawaf and be good at things and and be able to have the same uh, level of happiness to this is where i'm losing mm-hmm. i'm losing the explanation it's i lived in vegas for 2 years right during my uh, unlv doing that radiology program i lived there jawad they weren't happy they they weren't mm-hmm. happy and and it brings me to that one story uh, you know jump in anytime but eventually umrah after umrah that dua led to, oh, Allah, I want to do more trips. I want to go out and travel. And then Salam Cruise happened. And so for those of you who don't know, 150 uh, of us went out on a, uh, I think it was Royal Caribbean ship. It was 850 regular guests and 150 specifically Salam Cruise folks. We went from um, Florida to Bahamas. It was beautiful. The imam of the Nas saw Bahama Masjid. He came and met us. We went to the masjid. Like it was phenomenal. And and why I'm sharing it, Jawad, is because you get these, there are more experiences to be had. And there was a, it was a second Salam mm-hmm. cruise. And we would all wake up for Fajr. And it's natural. It's a cruise ship. People party, drank alcohol, took illicit drugs all night long. It's a ship. Like, it's almost like, what's wrong with you for, don't judge them. They're on a cruise ship. And it was mainly seniors in the month that we went. But Jawad, and you can't make up this story. It was Sunday. So the day before we're returning, the last day. And a young man from North Carolina came to our Fajr bright and fresh. Like people have woken up and got showered. I think you, you cut off for a second there. Uh, someone came to Fajr prayer. Uh, a young man from North Carolina came to Fajr prayer, and we are all dressed to the T, right? It's it's for us the day is starting, so it's five a.m. But I was in my Sunday best, like uh, I, uh, super fresh, <laughs> and uh, and we got there, and the young man came and said, "I've been partying on. I've, this is my twelfth cruise. My parents bring me constant uh, always." And so I kind of get a feel for it. He goes, I've partied every night and every night it was unsatisfying because after 12 cruises, right? He was, he was trying to make a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so you kind of could buy his character. And he said, last night I didn't drink at all. And so we're waiting for this buildup. And he said, every night as I would go back to my room, drunk and sad and, and full of bad memories. So it's probably four thirty, five o'clock. I would see you guys come out jolly and go into this room. And then you would all come out happier. Like you would all come out like, ah, <laughs> and that was probably just us, you know, after Fajr hugging and just like, oh, Alhamdulillah, I hope you guys have a great day. And a lot of duas were being exchanged. And he took Shahada, Jawad. Like Allah, two Allah. people, two, yeah, two people asked, uh, you want to check if he, he's drunk? <laughs> just to be like, oh, maybe he, in a drunk state, he's like, I, I love Allah, I'm going to become Muslim. And he's like, no, I specifically didn't drink. And I told my my girlfriend, my partner here on the ship, 
I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink tonight. I'm going to go see those guys in the morning. And I don't know, Jawad, it was that feeling that really got down to me that, and even the people who are using the term partying with alcohol are not getting the ecstasy, are not getting ecstasy, are not getting fulfillment. So I'm challenging my listener right now who may have or have not experienced, but Jawad, I know you did. That 27th night, all your boys at the masjid, those who pray, those who don't pray, and that collective energy of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, that is that is it. That is partying. That collective mm-hmm. ecstasy that can be felt amongst a group of like-minded folks who can look at a Ferrari or a sunset or a great basketball game and be like, alhamdulillah, that, thank you, Allah, that was awesome. And, and that Ramadan collective Jumu'ah, there's a party in it. There is a party in the post-Jumu'ah. Post Have you ever gone outside and there have been like 300 people hugging uh, and shaking hands? PJL, post-Jumu'ah, he's like, what? you just text PJL after. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and there would be little groups, maybe a dozen groups of five to eight people, like, yo, where are you going? What are you doing? Then people kind of like little five people would make sell and then one one person would kind of break the cell back oh and uh, people are coming in like yo it is a party there's a element of celebration that i miss right now in this moment i can feel westbury long island icli masjid and people three four hundred people and they would just all stay there some people would sell a lunch or two but it was just about the yo it's post juma lunch and so, Jawad, can we take it full circle to say, can we party? Can we party with a smile on our face and experience the true happiness so, so much so that someone who'd been drinking three nights prior goes, yo, I want to have what's in his cup. I want to drink mm. what, you know, I want to have what they're having. So for those of you who can make that connection on a cruise ship, there's no exchange of money. It's all just a card. You basically... So that the whole experience can be really uh, paperless. It's like Disneyland, Disney World. It's just like a, a wrist thing you wear. And so for them, just imagine if paradise was endless alcohol flow and endless promiscuity, cruise ship is a pretty good place to be for that. But I, I feel personally, Jawad, just to pause on that one though, Jawad, do you know how many people were they couldn't cross the line in their head. They were like, this is haram. Like Muslims on a ship, it has to be haram. Mm. And so I, I think it goes full circle is if you can't find, if you can't find your own peace, then you're never going to find peace amongst people partying. You have to be able to mm. find, yeah. And it comes back here, Jawad, you said it, opinion of God. Can you party with Allah? And I mean it. Can you jump up and down and be like, yes, Allah, this is so cool. I love Islam. I love guidance. Thank you for everything. As if informal with your God. Like we love formalities, but it's not like God doesn't see you jumping around. God doesn't see you when you're in a state of joy. Uh, when, when you're like, yes, Allah, oh, thank you so much, God. And, and that, to me, goes down to the word party. To be so happy with the now and been surrounded by so many positivities, so many great things, Jawad, that you, you just say, oh my God, Wassam, today is so great. Today is like a party. 
and 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 kind of drain the alcohol sexuality promiscuity whatever else i don't know i feel like a a, a party also might ha- has to have a scandal and if it's at any type of sharif party my family will attest the cops always end up show, uh, showing up at the end <laughs> I mean, I'm no joke that that Sharif parties ended up somehow with the police being called or, or arriving. <laughs> so many times I've said, no, it's okay. We're okay, officer. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's just a Sharif party. That's all. That's all. I mean, Jawad, you have a big family too, right? It it gets rowdy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 everybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can. Yeah. If you have if your family's too quiet, then you should be afraid. You should be afraid. <laughs> um and and the idea of draining the the word uh partying of negativity and Mm -hmm. and how about going full circle jawad can i ask a listener and then you can answer for them or yourself aren't we going to party in jannah yeah Uh, like absolutely yeah that's the definition of jannah (laughs) and is there not an idea of of goblets of wine of the singing people, uh, uh, entertainment of paradise, uh, 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 of music, of dancing, mm-hmm. of joy. So, yeah, I guess there's someone saying, and that's exactly why I don't party in this dunya. So, <laughs> I so think, I think, yeah. So to take on that point, because there's a lot, a lot's come up from everything you've said. Um, just to quickly introduce our podcast. <laughs> oh my bad. Bro. Uh, we are, we are. Uh, Wish Am Sharif podcast is a weekly look into and behind the unique work of Imam Wisam Sharif and his team's pursuit. To teach the world to build a Quranic lifestyle, which lifestyle is what we're talking about here. What, Come what? join us and discover recitation, memorization, mental mastery, perfecting physique, and living abundantly connected to Allah at all times. Uh, it is this this episode is coming in a very interesting time because I think it's around Eid time uh, when when people are hearing this. And we also just had our last episode, which was a whole tangent on building Islamic culture. I think culture. we talked a lot about that. Um, and so a lot of what comes from what you're saying, I think when we think about partying in the uh, the context that we grew up in, I think even as Muslims, we got so tied to this idea of everything being uh, in context of halal and haram, about, about being the, ru- the rules. And so partying means, you know, doing something haram. <laughs> like that's yeah. literally what it feels well, like it's defined as. It's got to be music. It's got to be music. Yeah, got to yeah. be alcohol, partying. Uh, you have to be uh, like, like out of list- control. Yeah, illicit relations and all this stuff. Uh, yeah. And so we think we think we think of partying as that. And so that's why the Muslim mindset's like, oh, if I'm gonna be more religious, whatever it is, then we can't party. But it's like, no, no, no. That that's that idea of of partying or celebration or joy or just enjoying yourself, it it has to exist out like this idea of happiness and whatever it is, it has to exist outside of those, you know, those are cultural contexts that have kind of been put upon you. But the emotion of happiness, the emotion of joy is that is that not something that Allah SWT gives us access to and allows us to feel in this world. And so there's there's so many things that come up from what you said. I, I think of when you say the ship, uh, when people are partying on the ship and doing these things, I think of, uh, you know, if, if, if anybody's hearing us and saying like, oh, I don't think I could do that because it's you're so close to all the temptation of whatever it is. It's like you're still thinking in the zone of partying and, and you're still kind of being promised breaking the rules or going outside the lines is what's actually fun. And that's yes. that's a shaitani promise that in my mind, I'm thinking so much of the ayah where shaitan promises you poverty and poverty in front of your eyes literally means it's never enough. 
الشيطان يعظكم الفقر ويأمركم بالفحشاء right he, he, he commands you to فحشاء he commands you to shameless acts and, and wrong things and he ends up giving and he promises you poverty he says if you don't do this you're never going to have this never going to have this when the truth is poverty means like فقر means that it's never enough and that is the definition of what partying is where it's like you can party all the time you can do all these uh all these types of the illicit party at least that we're thinking about those things are just put, putting yourself in a zone to enjoy the now without any regard for the future regard any regard for the ultimate end that you're going to have like all just putting all your chips on the right now as a means of enjoying it and then it's just forgetting about you know your long term whereas mm-hmm. the parting we're talking about the enjoyment of having the companionship of other people who have at least some semblance of the same belief system as you uh you know having fun in what is halal and not even having to talk too much about the halal part of it but it's just we're having fun we're playing you know right. there's so much available it's it's we don't have to say oh we're doing this as an alternative to other activities we could be doing like that's not even a conversation that comes up it's just this is what we do and this is and it's all and the the fun of it comes from both the activity but also the fact that this is in alignment with my life that there's no stress on my soul on my head on my you know there's no stress on me thinking about oh my god i'm there's some level of regret in this interaction in this experience in this day uh even right now or later because like there's nothing to regret i'm just doing everything in context with what my lord is okay with and pleased with right so beyond I drained the word of alcohol and illicitness. And I think you just drained what you said was super. Jawad, uh, why is partying something that involves breaking the rules? In order Mm -hmm. to party, I must break the rules. And that's the next thing that I'm going to change. Now, is it fair, though, to say, Jawad, we haven't asked ourselves the question, what makes me happy? Mm -hmm. I like last night, my kids and I, we played charades. Like mm-hmm. a, a simple, simple thing to say. Now, none of my kids said, is this halal? We're acting like things. Acting is, no one stopped to evaluate whether it was right or wrong because we're not trying to live a, oh no, we're going to break. And I think this is where culture, culture comes yeah, in. We're not going to break the religion. Talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. As you said, yeah. That idea that the, what makes me happy also, I think the shift that Islam gives you too, is that what makes me happy doesn't come from outside, it comes from the inside. And mm-hmm. then from the inside, and this is actually something that um, I went to see, uh, Mufti Kimani actually spoke last night um, at, at the Masjid, alhamdulillah. So it was really cool to go see, he was talking about Ramadan prep and stuff. Um, and one of the amazing things he mentioned, he said this, there's this idea of, you know, when you come to Ramadan, people are like, oh, I get a spiritual high in Ramadan, but then afterwards I'm kind of back to my normal self. Yeah, and it's like what I and that comes from a, um, an assumption that people have that spirituality is like they go up in a line and they keep going up, 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 up. And I'm just not normal because I have ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, most people, even the scholars, even the people who have, you know, attachment to knowledge and religiosity and these things, everybody has ups and downs. It's just the people you hear about have more ups and they stay up longer and then the more, and if you put the efforts in, Allah allows you to be down less, where it's like your downs are less and less and less, ah. and you can bounce back faster. But he mentions it, this, this amazing thing where he said, those types of spiritual highs, the scholars refer to those as like a hal, as a specific state of like, you feel spiritually high, you feel, you feel great, whatever it is. He said, those are not guaranteed. Those are gifts from Allah. 
So the difference between people who experience them more often and those who, you know, are just like, man, I can't do spirituality. Like, oh, what are, you, what are they talking about? It's all about rules and it's haram. Everything's haram and all that stuff. The difference is if you just focus on doing what Allah wants you to do consistently and bouncing back when you mess up, then Allah, you qualify yourself for Allah to gift you more often those awesome experiences of spiritually high and connection to Allah. And that's all you want. But the, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's not expected. It's not. It's just a gift from Allah. It's not some sort of transaction where it happens where it's like, if I pray, if I, and that's how we feel with Ramadan. Like you're in Eid right now. I think part of this, what, what's warped my mentality of partying and stuff, even in Eid and Ramadan, is this idea that I learned about Eid and and even when we talk to non-Muslims, they think of Eid as, oh, you starve yourself for a month and finally you can eat. It's like, like yeah, oh, you, you, you had a go. boundary of haram on you where food was haram for a period of time and now you can finally eat. So let's go eat at ten houses in a row instead of like celebrating the spiritual connection we had with Allah and understanding that this can lead us into the rest of the year and that I found myself in Ramadan and now I can be that self throughout the rest of the year within the world and be you know connected to Allah abundantly as we say like that's that's the fun that's the party of Eid it should be like it shouldn't just be oh wow I find like I survived the month of you know going through the rules and then finally that rule has changed now to where I can just be normal again and right. we're just going to eat a lot so then are you, are we putting our finger on the pulse, Jawad, of when Islam becomes rules or a, uh, a measuring stick only, then you won't, you can't develop a culture. You can't. Yeah, it becomes you, bounds. Yeah. You're not, you're not being human. You're not living, uh, living with, with excitement and passion and um, like spontaneity. You're... You're you're taking one step and blowing to make sure there's nothing in front of you. You're taking one step, and I don't know that how, that's how you were meant to. That the human being is designed like this. Mm -hmm. To uh, I, I want to give an example. I was in Turkey uh, visiting once in transit, and Jawad uh, religion is a little different in Turkey. It's not. I, I would I would like to say it's not as in your face, mm -hmm. and, and and I'll I'll demonstrate how. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll leave it at that because I think my the story will completely illustrate. So I'm just being me, very Western, very mashallah, very inshallah. And there was a, our guide who was, again, someone religious minded. But as we were walking, something I, I kept saying, I made some comment that resulted in an inshallah. And he goes, why are you always... Why are religious people always trying to make everything into a religious topic? That's what he said. Religious mm. people are always trying to make like every day. And there was something that struck, uh, stopped me in my tracks because I was the guy he was talking about. And I was like, <laughs> uh, because I, I, have, I have said it multiple times. I, I try not to be the religious guy. I did, or I, I tried very long to run away from it. Mm -hmm. But his point was, Islam is running in the background all the time. Mm -hmm. You need to live, be spontaneous. Almost don't blame something else. You be in charge of you in the now. Mm -hmm. Islam, you're not going to break Islam. So I guess the story mm -hmm. was more, uh, um, it affected me more when he was like, yeah. don't try to make everything into a religious discussion. And I guess I wasn't. But because I wasn't allowing any culture to happen, mm. I, I wasn't living with spontaneity. There was this const, 
didn't filter. I was a traveler, so I was like, is, is this allowed? Mm. Is this not allowed? And, and mm. that that's that's where and the I think that yeah. I mean the part I think I mentioned on the podcast before too. Like when I went to the West Coast of, of America, and I saw this, and I was like, oh, we East Coast Muslims wear our Islam on our sleeve. Like that hard on your sleeve idea of like, yes. oh, we very much need people to know and we use our phrases and whatever it is. Whereas these folks like and it's it's like it depends on who you are for you to hear like you're this is going to sit on different people's ears differently. Oh, yeah. I met Muslims who I didn't really know if like if you spent a day with them, you wouldn't really know if they're a Muslim. And yes. Is not that a compliment? It's not is that offensive. a compliment actually to those in the way? They're like, thank you so much. I try not to be, you know, overly bearing on other people. Whereas some people are just like, what do you mean? You, you didn't see him pray? Like, like ah, maybe he like it's Yeah, like, but his prayer didn't, uh, it wasn't announced. It wasn't super public. It's it, religion is your, as we're both East Coasters, when you get out to the West Coast of the United States, it's different. They're just as Muslim, but they're not they aren't sticking it in your face. Like that's, that's the best way to, the best way to put it. And it's neither is right or wrong. It's how it falls on someone's ears. Wow. We just drew drew a line in the sand. No. And I think it's, everything's in reaction too, because East coast, I think there Mm. are, especially new England and stuff. There's everybody's so stressed out all the time about their identity and being like putting it forth. And there's, it's a lot of ideas being spread. Like, in the East Coast, I feel like there's a lot of, and you could take this, when we say East Coast, you can, you know, map it onto whatever place you may know or whatever it is, but there is, uh, everybody kind of has an opinion. There's a lot of like intellectual thought and discussion about like who you are, whatever it is. And so therefore we kind of are reacting in terms of defending the Dean and, you know, I have to yes. put forth my identity and do this stuff. West Coast, it feels that the culture is such that everybody's like, live and let live, bro. I don't yes. need to talk much about what your personal beliefs are. And therefore... Their Islam is such that they're not every minute trying to defend themselves, but rather they are just like, oh, nobody has a problem with me. I just have to figure out my relationship with Allah and do what I got to do. And I don't have to bring it up to like nobody's fighting me. So why would I be holding weapons in my dopey in my beard and my like yes. and, my, and my and my English translation in my hand to, to, you know, give to every person I meet? Like, it's just a different, like literally, and it, I, I, honestly, it makes me think about like Mecca, Medina, these types of like how there are different cultures in which Islam thrives in which they're reactionarily. But then when you have one person move to another place, you're like, uh, because we're so obsessed with halal and haram, I'm just like, uh, do we need to like question the Islam of the people on the West Coast suddenly? Like, because I came from a different context and it's like, no, it's, you have, you have to upgrade your idea of one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also Islam and how Islam can be running throughout so many cultures and times and places like organic it's the the question that came on the from the youtuber why do western muslims make islam look so weird and this came from the uk Mm -hmm. on our why do you make it look so weird and my answer is why can't we see the organic nature of our deen that it's being implemented and understood by people in different places and it's still applying I think mm. that sentence is what bothers folks because Jawad, if everyone's not following my version of Islam, then is my version correct? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Mm. We're still so stuck on the line at the edge where we're just like, am I going to fall out of Islam? Am I going to fall out of Islam? Oh no, I don't. I see him doing, praying a different way. I see him doing something else. I don't know, but it's, we, we've been, one, I think the discussions of even the culture discussion we had last time and today, I think one thing we really have to acknowledge is that you are still a product of your environment. Yeah. Like, and it's, it, we want Islam to stand apart or whatever it is, but 
the truth is even your your interpretation and acceptance and, and practice yes. of Islam is completely impacted by the environment that you grew up in. And the beauty of it is Islam has enough capacity no to one give wants you to your Islam. No, no one wants to accept that though, Bilal. Like if I'm from capacity. Pakistan, it, yes. If I'm from Pakistan, then of course the way I saw it, if I'm from India, um, and it's hard. I, here in the West, that's yeah. what throws everyone because we all, everything's peeled away. If you lived in China, and we think we're superior. We think we've, been, you know, I've upgraded just as like, oh, America is so diverse. We've upgraded past like I can't even think of what an American culture is until you go to places where there's strong Southern culture or strong whatever right. culture. And it's like, no, but, you know, me from from a more urban area or whatever it is, it's like, no, but we're a melting pot of everybody. So we've kind of when I think of when you say American culture, I don't really know, like it really well, it was, depends on what experience you've had from, you know, any, ask anybody outside of the U S the culture is Americans just think they're better than everybody else. Like yeah. <laughs> it's basically it. Like we think we're better and we don't really have anything traditionally of our own, except like d democracy and like slavery, like it's and, and, and apple pie. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as the Southern you go, then there were the, the modesty and the Christian values that came in. But as far as an American culture, no, We've got the flag, we've got American pie, and I think... But the, but, we, but the problem with that is that it then becomes an invisible thing that we don't understand how much we're being affected by the culture around us. Right. But our, and our parents did. Our parents saw us and we're like, you're becoming too Americanized. And we're just like, yo, I'm just wearing a shirt. Like, I'm just yeah, doing this. And they're it. like, you don't understand. And, and then the, the, the reconciliation came from us, you know, the more knowledge you got, the more you were like, oh, my parents have a version of Islam that came from where they came from. And I'm developing and getting into a version of Islam that came from, and Islam is, you know, Islam is big, is big enough and wide enough to encompass all of us. And we don't no, have we to fight so it. hard. Yes, we will. I, I think that's where we're, it was something sacred. So let, let's uh, have compassion on the folks. It was something sacred and sacred is feels delicate. So you, they didn't want to break it. Um, but we're talking about culture, Jawad, and my Freudian slip of apple pie to American pie, and I'm not affected by my culture. <laughs> Thank you. I know some listeners like, did he know he did? Yes, I know. I just said that <laughs> it happened. I made a cultural reference unknowingly and, mm -hmm. and just uh, ultimately proving that we are an absolutely influenced by our culture and that each one of us, as much as we want, but Islam, this is how Islam is. This is how Islam is. Mm -hmm. And you can't be the key, And the key to it that I think we, we have to come to, and I think we've started to come to, is that we're telling you to recognize this and acknowledge this. And our solution is not so then resist it. Right. Our solution is not resist it. Our solution is, you know, you already, it, it, it's, it's there. It's a, stand, it's, it's a constant. It's going to be there unless you're going to move, unless you're going to adopt something else. You have to find a way to practice your Islam and find the balance and do what you got to do in that regard, whatever it is, and then find a way to integrate and be who you are within the confines of this by going to the masjid and playing basketball and then going to the beach and eating some nice halal food and hanging out with your boys and still something like, like an American culture. I'm sure your mom was like, why are you out so late? Where are you? Yes. Like, that's yes. all still part of it. But you're doing it with 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 good Muslim friends, and yeah, sure. There's little, there's like even that teenage rebellion of wanting to go out and do these things, man. Like we're gonna do that, but it's just a matter of within your deen, know that there's availability for you to to be your full self, be within this full culture, whatever it may be, uh, within bounds of Islam and within and within kind of even building and developing an Islamic uh, 
you know, accent, an Islamic, uh, you know, subculture of it, where it's like, yes. we who, we who are American, but then we also are memorizing the Quran and we're doing these things. And that's what comes back to what we're saying of celebration, I think, of you're talking about memorization, the memorized mentor program of people kind of talking about like, man, I did this amazing spiritual practice thing. Let's go celebrate and do these things. I think too many people from the outside looking in or who haven't made a lot of these journeys or are still in their development, look at that from like the, the from the looking glass and think that Wasam is talking about like, if you, you know, just like when we were kids, like we kind of think of it transactionally, where it's like, if you read the whole Quran, you get an Amin party. And it's like, oh, if you do good things for God, then you earn the ability to go do dunya. And instead of what we're saying, which is if you do good things for God, if you're looking to do this amazing thing, it's filling you up spiritually in a way that lets you then feel more prepared to enjoy the dunya, to right. enjoy the goodness and say like, I'm not doing this as like a cookie for me to like say, oh, and then my next year is I get another cookie. I get to go to Dubai. I get to go travel, whatever it is, because that's not. That, that's too transactional. That's too, you know, I give God this, he gives me that. Like, it's too much trying to train you. Like, you're, you know, let's graduate a little bit more into saying like, no, no, I trust that what God's giving me is good. And it makes me good, not just moral good, but also feels good. And also makes me like understand and kind of open and widen myself to experience and, and love and enjoy uh, what I can of this world, knowing that I'm in alignment with what's going to be best for me in the next world too. Right. And and I'll push back on that, Jawad, to say, and to get your match lit, uh, make the carrot. Like, Jawad, this was a conversation in the party. Um, some people were like, but why do we need the carrot? Let's do it just for God. And this, like, during mm. just now. And so these are religious-minded folks. Up, did someone bring up, I would I would bring the, what's, what's her name? The, the Rabia Basri. Rabia Basri, yeah. Allah, yes, they the, I would do it just for Allah. I would burn, I would burn the, the water. And, like, I would burn uh, so hell in this water if we could. A, a, a woman Allah. who reached a spiritual state of ecstasy, uh, Rabia Basri, came out of her house. This is not a metaphor. She came out of her house with a burning, burning stick and a bucket of water, so much so that people said, they looked at her like, she had the intent. She was going somewhere. They said, Rabia, where are you going? And she said, I'm going to set fire to heaven and to put out the fires of hell so that people would worship Allah, God, only for his greatness, only for him. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not just a, oh, guys, wow, look how spiritual. That means she tasted the ecstasy and said, who needs a heaven? Who needs that's, a fire? Yeah. Right? And this is and a I, level hot. This is not something we're going to like. This is a level even higher of like, you, we're talking about not working about the dunya being the carrot and the stick where it's like, oh, the dunya things are motivating me. If you go even higher and say, okay, it's heaven and hell motivating me. There's an even higher level of, I'm just doing it for God. Yeah. Like, Allah. That he created, yeah, Because absolutely. of who Allah is. Allah. That's, this is the upgrading of the opinion of source. It's like, the, the, my opinion is if I do good things, what Allah asked me to do, he'll give me things in this world. That's one opinion. And my, then, my, yeah. my take is it, it, to, to interject is and start there. It's exactly. not just that's where you this is all part of the journey. That's yes. a, OK. We're, we're, that's a good place to start if you need to. That's where it is. That's, that's yeah. where a lot of people's opinion is. And, and I want you to start there to to uh, not just transactional, but just like you. Hey, if I do this, can I have that? And you're, you're asking and, the one who can give you because uh, what if you were to go turn yourself to spirit and say, look, Wasam has a brain, Wasam has a body. I know the biology of an average male. I know the brain of an average male. 
And I know with Sam, if I spirit want to get the best out of me, now this is totally, it's a spiritual conversation, then I'm going to use with Sam to the best of my ability. He wants a carrot, I'll give him a carrot and I'll mm. get Ibadah out of him. And that's a level I want our listener. I want uh, someone who's listening to these to these podcasts wants something greater. I'm saying, you know you. You know Jawad better mm -hmm. than anyone. Figure out what makes Jawad tick. Jawad, you the spirit can dance and you know, you know, sacrifice yourself for God. But Jawad is still some flesh and bones, and you know the the habits of those flesh and bones. You know what you know what makes you tick. Yeah. So use you. Use and, yourself. And these opinions are on that spectrum, is what I'm saying too, yeah. which is that. Because even that idea of if I do good things, God will give me good things, people are still needing to graduate to that because some folks are in the still in the zone even lower than that with their opinion of Allah, which is if I do good things, God gives me nothing. Yeah. Or God gives me worse. And then there's even the like you can be even lower that where it's like, if I do bad things, nothing bad will happen to me now. Like you right. have to upgrade and go through those levels. And so that's what we were mentioning, this idea of like, should we even need the carrot and what stuff? It's like that's a conversation for a very spiritually mature person to have. <laughs> And and those of us who say, um, I don't need the carrot, that means you have already had enough carrots. That's the truth. It means mm. you've had in anyone who's who's at a level where like, oh, I'm just doing it for God. A, either you're cashing in too early and God's got a lot of gifts to mm. give you. And and so keep asking for those keychains, keep asking for those one-offs. And today, if anyone can hear our voice in their heart, ask God, oh Allah. Uh, can you give me a moment of joy, uh, a Saturday night, uh, a late night prayer, a dua after Isha that puts a smile on your face, a thumping of your heart during Quranic recitation that sounds like the thump that motivates you? Yes, ask for it now. Ask for a miracle in this moment and say, I want to party with you, Ya Allah. I want to be in states of joy with you that I've never experienced with anyone before. And to me, that's a beginning of creating a culture. That's the beginning and, to creating. And I think anybody who's listening to us, and you you may be further along in your journey, you may have you know experienced these things. I think what, what we're talking about, because the, the culture idea is on a whole other scale of just this idea of Islam is big enough to contain all of us. And so just acknowledge that culture affects you. Don't try to resist it. Don't try to do whatever it is. Just be Muslim. Just be mm -hmm. the one who's submitting to Allah and whatever you can. This idea where I'm saying there's this scale, this spectrum of opinions of Allah, where it's like maybe you're in the you're in a state where you don't have a great opinion of Allah right now. You grew up mm -hmm. thinking he's gonna he's gonna throw you to hell if you don't do good or whatever it is. Uh, all the way up to the scale of I don't even need heaven and hell. I just want God. Any of you who have had any type of uh, trauma or difficulty and that's mostly what people get when they get farther from god farther from religion farther from islam whatever it is it is from someone at a higher or a different place on the scale treating you like you were at that level rather than treating you where you were at mm -hmm. this is why the prophet sallallahu was a master of treating different people differently and we and so what we'll tell you now is that like you're saying all these we're saying all these things we want you to have a high opinion of god and try to upgrade it and when we say upgrade that means there's room to grow in it even more even more even more and you have a starting point where you may be and you just don't want to go lower too but there's that spectrum don't acknowledge that there's a spectrum 
acknowledge the spectrum. Don't try to bring everybody to your point, uh, to bring people down to your point of saying, stop being so religious. What's on? Like, we talk about heaven and hell, though. Like, don't be telling people just about God. Like, they need the carrots. What's on? Like, don't right. try to drag everybody down or up thinking that, because th- this is the idea of like, we're trying to broaden your context and perspective because th- like, Prophet Islam came to all of humanity. Do you imagine right. how much he, how much, how much perspective he had to have to not just think, Okay, you know, Qureshi princes. I, mm-hmm. I know how to market to Qureshi princes. Like, <laughs> like I know how to. So, so hey, you know, wasn't your great grandfather the chief of Mecca? Isn't that a great blessing from Allah? Believe in Allah. Like, he didn't just literally market. And sometimes we think that where it's like, yo, I went to one YM circle, and I think everybody should go to YM circles now before you know. Like, that's literally what we think. But it's like you have to expand that not just in your practice, but especially if you're going to bring to other people. You have to expand uh, your opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how much he can encompass. And then also within yourself, you have to kind of acknowledge that everything is under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we do our part. We call others. We do what we can, understanding that Allah's got the other parts of it, the parts we can't control. Fair. I, I feel like they hear us. And five words after this, Jawad, they're be like, oh, here, we're being preached to. So before, uh, because the combination of what we're saying can get advicey. So could we do this much for our listeners, Jawad? Can we let them loose on the idea? Please go find things that bring you joy. Please go find activities. It sounds like a perfect day discussion, but go find things that make you happy. Working out, jumping up and down. If you're stuck with, uh, but dancing, I am not allowed to dance. Nah, that's just because you don't know how to. Uh, Why don't you go work out a little bit then? You know, go do some Tai Bo things that will give you pattern repetitive movement, right? We won't call it dancing, but we'll call it getting you up and moving. Things that cause you happiness, jumping up and down. I think it's a great place for you to begin the discussion of finding things that cause you happiness. And Jawad, someone saying, reading Quran. Look, you, yes, you, you wouldn't be saying that if, you, if reading Quran was your pastime because you'd be reading Quran. So go find a physical activity, recitation and spiritual things. Your soul knows that it loves it. I need you to find things that um, board games and and games and play with your family. Hide and go seek. I don't know what genre of games. Is that just a game, Jawad? Mm. Play a game of hide and go seek with your family. It is amazing. There are things to be done. There are things you do at a party. Keep throwing yourselves parties. Jawad, is this a fair place for us to dock this cruise ship? <laughs> dock this cruise ship, yeah, inshallah. And I, th- I think the other last thing I wanted to mention in that regard, kind of in line with what we're saying too, is uh, when it comes to Allah, when it comes to the deen, when it comes to these things, you know, you know your, your obligations, you know the stuff you have to do. Know that we're talking about a level of like, when we're talking about celebrating or getting to these things, there's active choices you make in terms of finding something that makes you happy and going out and doing it. Mm-hmm. And in doing it, making sure it just doesn't conflict with the dean in terms of your obligations, whatever it is. And then knowing that, um, and I don't know if I want to make this exact analogy, but knowing that in doing those deeny things, in you know reading some level of Quran, you know every day as much as you can, in uh, making sure your salat are taken care of, you do those things repetitively every day, every day. And then, inshallah, Allah sometimes gifts you the blessing of feeling that high feeling that good part of those things and sometimes you just do them to do them in the same way that you know you're exercising you're working out you're doing these ah. things maybe you have to do it all the time but some days 
some days you're like, I feel it today. I feel it. I feel the strength. I feel the muscles. I see the effect. But if I'm just waiting for those days and I only work out on days, I feel it. And I you're never going to see muscles. You're never going to see growth. You're never going to see consistency. And so, and, and, and in essence, like go and enjoy a good, healthy, you know, hearty meal that has a protein, whatever it is. And it's like, it's still healthy. It's something you enjoy, but it doesn't necessarily completely destroy what you were trying to do, accomplish with ex exercise. Like it's not something that would be completely antithetical to it. Compliment, complimented things mm -hmm. you're doing. I think yep. you, you bring it full circle, Jawad. Uh, exercise is the best because you go in and eight, eight days out of seven, you feel, oh, I can't do this, blah. And one day, Jawad, it'll be a set where you had taken uh, uh, the right amount of air and you might pull yourself up on a pull-up and on the way down, it's that mix of the blood rush and the oxygen, and you are lit. You get that mm. pump, you're like, woo, and then you, you feel it. Like, really, it does. It feels fantastic. And the same goes. A 27th Ramadan or last year, Ramadan, I swore at Journey. I was like, this is ecstasy. This is amazing. <laughs> we finished the whole Quran and all of these feelings. And then you're like, now it's October. I don't feel exactly the same way as, as that because it goes up and down. But could I make, and the point that I came from what you said, can I make last Ramadan's feeling worth going through all the difficulties in between? Yeah, absolutely. That brownie tasted so good. That cake was so fluffy. Sure, I'll wait online to get another slice. No problem. Mm -hmm. So that that's what that's how I feel it. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, we have a few moments here, but I wanted to mention uh, a narration that came up when you were mentioning the cruise ship stuff too. Um, we know the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu I believe it is, uh, in which it says that the this dunya is a um, prison for the believer, yet uh, a paradise for the one who disbelieves actively, basically. And there was, I believe, a, a scholar of the past who. Um, he was riding on his horse, I believe. He was like, he was, you know, he was, he looked like he was kind of dressed nicely, well off. And there was, uh, he was a scholar or a teacher. Um, and there was a non-Muslim who was kind of in the street in a very, more of destitute state doing difficulty and stuff. And he said, I heard your people say that your prophet said this, that how is it that this world is some paradise for me and a prison for you when look at our situations, look at our stations. And the scholar gave this explanation that like, it, it, it's something I think about all the time where he said, no, no, no. This dunya, it's a prison for us because when you're in prison, you can't wait to get out for, you know, you can't wait to get out because what's waiting you is so much better than what you're dealing with. And it's a paradise for the kafir because it's the best they're going to get. And what's waiting for them outside is much worse. Allah and so it's this that. idea. And I believe that the person became Muslim after this and took shahada. But I think about that so much where it's like the people who get into party lifestyle, into all these things, it's like you do it enough, you do it enough. And you're just like, how is this a paradise? And it's like, because when you keep going outside of the zone of alignment of who you are and what you were created to be, one, there's diminishing returns, but then mm -hmm. two, you're also transgressing bounds that are going to cause you to be in a, like literally hell after this, mm -hmm. after this life. Whereas for the believer, we can experience ecstasy and amazingness through the, the worship that we do and the companionship that we build and have as much fun as possible knowing that paradise is definitely going to outdo this world. It's absolutely going to outdo it. And so what a beautiful, like, Imagine like if you pitched that to somebody and said like, hey, on this cruise ship, guess what? We're going to pray Fajr at 4 a.m. <laughs> and we feel all of our body parts and all of our brain cells are intact today. And we are going to remember this for years to come. It's like, 
And we got more coming in the next life. Yes. What, and which, what do you want to choose? <laughs> I love it. I choose, I choose Islam. Because 10 years later or eight years later, after that Islam cruise ship Fajr, we're still reminiscing on it. We still have the ex. Worth it. Yeah, you got off there for a sec, sorry. Uh, uh, yes, it was worth, worth it. it. Yeah, oh, absolutely, it was worth it. So uh, I am in the mood to party. It is a Saturday for me. So I'm going to go find a bunch of activities that make me happy. Riding my scooter with my kids, playing some Nintendo Wii Fit, and then switching over to the Switch, um, which, is, which is now opulent luxury. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like luxury yeah. on top of luxury. And, and, there's a, and I think also all the time about how in Jannah, Allah says that we will look back at our time in the world and reminisce on the good times when we remembered Allah and when we had fun. And so I think about that of any good I have here that's within the bounds of what Allah wants and all that stuff. I'm not just building memories right now. I'm building memories to remember in Jannah that it will make me so happy because they helped me get me to Jannah too. Yes. That's, that's, yes. You got it, man. That's the dua you read when you wake up. That's, so I wasn't. That's the, that's the woke dua. <laughs> that's the woke dua. So we're in, we're in Hajj 2019 and um, it's like the middle of the day and I just needed a refresher. So I just was walking around kind of in this state of like, yo, like, wake up, bro. Where's your second wind? And I started going, Alhamdulillah. And I kept saying it to myself. That's literally like, oh, the dua for when I wake up. And someone was like, isn't that the waking up dua? And Mufti Farhan said, he goes, Wissam's always waking up. So that, I think that worked for me. Did I, uh, yeah. and I think no, you're good. Alhamdulillah. We're excellent friends. So <laughs> let's land this ship here. Let's keep waking up. Let's be woke, but let's keep waking, waking up to up. new realities that everyone's, everyone's view of the world is true. It's theirs. As, as irrational and illogical as it seems, yeah, it's real to them. So let's mm -hmm. learn to give everyone the space they need to come to the ultimate truth, al-haqq. I'll close out with a protection for us all with Surah Falaq. May negativity, the evil words, may black magic and, or excuse me, the darkened arts, if anything is headed your way. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Qul من شر ما خلق ومن شر غاسق إذا وقب ومن شر النفاثات في العقد ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد Thank you so much everyone. Have a fantastic evening. Thank you Jawad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Thank you for listening. To support this and other projects and get access to exclusive series and content, support us monthly by visiting patreon.com slash Wissam Sharif. Jazakumullah khair.